This is Jim Wills, and you are listening to the Crave Magazine Podcast, where we feed your soul with art. Your life can be enriched by the most beautiful things that are around you. You just have to understand what you're looking at. Gamelan is a community thing, and that's actually the most important thing about Gamelan. Art in early times, it's one of the first things found in every single culture of the world. Learn to become your own greatest teacher and your own greatest fan. Find your flow and do your creative expression every day. Hi, everybody. Thank you for coming out. My name is Jim Wills. I host the Crave Magazine podcast, and I interview artists about their art. And so uh, these three guys uh, I play with in a gamelan band. And so the first thing I want to do is just uh, have you guys all tell everybody who, who you are. And uh, you know what? I usually start out most podcast interviews with an inspiration. What inspires the artist? I'm very curious about getting in their head. So uh, I'm going to let each of you introduce yourself and then give me an inspiration, something that inspires you. Uh, hi, my name is Aaron Burris Dabosky, and hey, thanks, y'all. All right, and uh, well, hey, okay there. Um, I'm playing guitar with Le Secret, and something that inspires me is my bandmates. All right. Yep. Hi, everyone. My name is uh, Chris Hewitt, and I play. Thank you. And I play, I play drums for Le Secret, and something that inspires me is uh, just every day watching TV. There's a lot of good stuff on TV. Hi, I'm, I'm Jakey. I'm Jakey the Snakey, Larry. I play the synthesizer in Lay Secret, and I'm inspired by snakes. <laughs> if you can't tell by my snake of a musical instrument. <laughs> snakes, he said. So one thing, I, I, oh, I met these guys playing in this gamelan band, which we won't really cover tonight, but they're uh, episode 32 if you want to check it out. But uh, they all come from very different musical backgrounds. Aaron's a guitarist, Chris Drummer, and Jake's got snakes. <laughs> I'm very curious about this instrument setup that you have here. Did you build that all yourself, Jake? Would you talk, would you talk a little bit about it? Well, sure. I play what is known as a modular or Eurorack synthesizer. That's pretty close to my mouth now. Um, I've been playing that instrument for about four years. Um, I come from a background of guitar and was practicing jazz a lot and hurt my wrists and luckily had a synthesizer on the way, which kind of started this crazy obsession of Eurorack synthesizers um, and just kind of fell in love with what you could do, the exploration of them. They're really difficult and challenging to play. I've had a lot more kind of, eh, 
what just happened than I did kind of knowing what was going on. But kind of learning over, about them over time has been fun. And um, pretty shortly after I started using them as an instrument, I started working for a local company called WMD, building um, these synthesizers just on the production line, doing soldering stuff and quality control, which taught me a lot. It was really fun. Um, I really like them most of the time. It's kind of a headache to move and pack up and get to work how you would like them to, but that's also half of the fun is most of the time, especially in improvised music. Um, you can kind of feed an idea into your instrument and it'll spit something back at you that you didn't quite expect. And then you have to play off of that idea as kind of a, a bandmate in itself. So yeah, synthesizers are fun. It's a big snake. I spend probably most of my life uh, wrapping up cables in an organized manner. Uh, yeah, synthesizers. Cool. Thanks, man. And which leads me to Aaron is also, uh, we talked a little bit before we started, he's got a bunch of pedals up here on one system that's like maybe a dozen. I'm not sure he even knows exactly how many pedals he has on there. And if you guys noticed, when, we were, when they were playing, he came down and he was tweaking the pedals with his hands and making it ma make all the magic. Aaron, would you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I think there's 11, there's 12 if you count the volume pedal, but that's just, you know, volume. Uh, yeah, this is a, a guitar effects pedal board. Almost everybody has one. You should get one too. <laughs> it's, it's pretty fun. So basically where Jake runs a system that's built of a lot of tiny computers that are each have a very dedicated function and purpose and he can like wire each of them together to control each other in a lot of cool ways that make the whole system like more interfaceable. Mine is like a lot of little units that run just in a single line, like a chain, just one thing after another, but they're all the same kind of thing, designed to affect units to affect the sound in a certain way. So I've got, I really like using pitch shifters so I can change the range of the guitar, go really low and sub end or get really high and twinkly. Um, I've got a couple delay pedals because who doesn't like delay and some reverb and just different ways to alter the tone. I like to use loopers too where I just spontaneously will record a little bit of what I'm playing or working with and then I can add layers or take away from it or affect that loop in, in cool ways, um, which is fun. Like Jake said, you can sort of like feed an idea into these machines and it, and it spits back out something that you might have expected but it's always really delightfully surprising um, so it it is like this other this other entity that you're improvising with especially with improvised music you might not always get what you were thinking about yeah <laughs> you guys don't have to clap after everything you can if you want to that's great you don't have to <laughs> don't feel obligated <laughs> <Woo -hoo! laughs> uh, yeah i noticed when you're playing there's times aaron where uh you weren't strumming anything, and they're the repetitive pattern. I'm curious, how many guitars can you play at one time? Inf infinite. Infinite. So it could be an entire orchestra of hundreds of guitars yeah. overlaid. That's, pr that's pretty rad. <laughs> Sometime we'll, we'll try that next time. <laughs> okay. I want to move on to Chris, uh, the drummer in Le Secret. <clears throat> you did some interesting stuff there, Chris, and... Uh, I want you to, of course, talk about the pig and then all of the other. There is some, th there's a lot of interest in the shells, too, that you had going on. So would you talk about all that that you brought to the group? 
Sure, I can talk about all that. Um, well, let's talk, let's talk about the pigs first. I thought it would be really cool to have just like animal groans going on when you're playing. And probably the easiest way to do that without making an actual animal groan or make me myself making noises on the stage was the pig squeaker. I just thought it was a cool sound and I thought I'd bring it. Also, one of these pigs is mine. I bought one. And one our friend Aaron found recently at a gig. It just appeared to him. So we had to bring the other pig along for... Yeah, it's like a mystical pig. We had to bring another pig along for the gig. Can I say something about that pig? Sure. We played a gig together on Saturday night that was really fun and a whole different thing. But under, right underneath, Chris was playing in this gig, and he was playing on some risers. It's not like a little stage thing. And right underneath the riser the whole time was this other pig. And I, I, like, I didn't see it till after the show, and we were packing up, and I looked underneath there and like, is that Chris's squeaky pig? And I, I grabbed the pig. And I checked with the venue owners, and they were like, "Oh no, we think that we think that owns somebody else, like a dog trainer." But you should just, you know, take that pig. And I was like, "You're kidding me! Like it, it's ridiculous. This it's the pig of destiny." Is all I'm trying to say. Oh, we we will we'll get some samples of the pig. A lot of uh, playing the drums is you know a lot of it's about groove and playing drum type things like you would hear in 99 percent of songs but i'm also interested in kind of a approach that's based more on sounds you can make from the drums because the drums being a shell it's like a natural amplifier so anything you put on it's gonna you know use it because kind of like a little amplification table like a ghetto amplification table that requires no electronics and it's super easy so i use like using them for that purpose i think it's pretty cool um, so yeah, I like putting stuff on my drums and making it sound weird. It's basically th what that was. Putting stuff on my drums and making it sound weird. <laughs> That's kind of the reaction that I expected. <laughs> That's totally bizarre. One of the things that you guys may have noticed is that they were th at times playing really together in sync. And then at other times it seemed like there was three different rhythms going on there. And I, I I kind of lost Jake a little bit in there, but then all of a sudden he would just pop up and you would hear a noise that was definitely not coming from either of these two guys. So a lot of times in music we play stuff that's rehearsed and practiced, and this was, was this all improvised? So this was all improvised. Who wants to start talking about the improvisi improvisation? Jake. <laughs> Jake got a big smile on his face. So I want, I want to talk with these guys about it because they came together in La Secret and they're playing this cool music. Le secret, and they're playing this cool music, but it's really improvisational and experimental. So I want to e each of you guys, if you would, talk a little bit about that. Let's start with Jake. I'm Jake. <laughs> um, improvising is very fun for a lot of reasons. Um, one of my my favorite reasons is it provides you a space where you can intentionally say no to an idea, essentially. If you're playing a song or playing one of Chris's tunes, he writes beautiful music, um, and we know where we're going, and it's this part, and there's this melody, you're kind of responsible for playing your part in that. And something I like in improvised music where we haven't really talked about what the rules are or who's playing what role, it's Chris can be playing a groove, and I, I can say no and play something that is kind of intentionally other than that, and that's still part of the interaction that we're having. That's still a valid answer in kind of our musical conversation that we're having is I'm playing against you rather than with you. And they'll still line up in a really neat way at times. And it'll be curious and 
a way that neither of us were particularly expecting. Um, that's kind of one of my favorite parts about playing free is yeah, being able to say, Hey, Chris, your groove sounds great, but I'm kind of in a different world right now. And let's see how that sounds together. And here we go. I was going to ask who usually wins that battle. Like, you know, Chris is playing a groove that you're not into and you start playing something totally different. Uh, I guess Chris, at what point do you go, okay, I'll start jamming in that direction. Just depends if I want to jam in that direction or not. <laughs> so there's, it's not really like a, I mean, sometimes it's a battle. Sometimes it's good to ignore what everyone else is doing and see how what you're playing can kind of augment what's already going on. Um, but in a way, like kind of ignoring it also makes it into this totally different thing, which is really cool and only can really come out of approaching it in this way. So I think that's cool. That's why I like to play with Jake. He likes that too. What's the question? Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It is is right. It is an interesting thing. It's like all of this is a conversation, and at some point, it's like an agreement on a, on a goal. And within that, I think some of the, one of the most interesting and challenging things sometimes is to negate the goal and try and like especially because I have so much fun playing with these boys. It's fun to like poke at them and try and like disrupt a little bit of what we're doing. Like we can almost wrestle a little bit doing some of this stuff. It's cool because a lot of the times it creates the most dynamic influence in some of the stuff that we're doing together. Um, this sort of r refusal to agree, uh, it creates like a, 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 a negative magnetic thing where we're all continually like being repelled from each other a little bit. Um, and it's always forcing us to kind of really, really listen to, you know, even though we're doing very different things, I always find that it makes me s listen so much more to what my bandmates are doing. Um, and, and just stay a little bit more open to all the other sounds I might hear rather than something that more dedicatively locks into the same worlds that the other guys are participating in, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Tangent town. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of tangent, at one point, uh, I heard these birds, and I thought I thought for a moment it was coming from <laughs> the synthesizer, and then I realized it was outside, and they were such a nice accompaniment to the whole musical experience. But a couple of you guys talked about music as a conversation, and uh, I think that's also very interesting, too, because a lot of times, you know, we listen to music, and it's a pre-written part that goes in synchronization with the other pre-written parts and this is a little bit different as improvisation you just kind of listen and figure out as you go tell me a little bit each of you just i guess we can pass the mic down about how you came to embrace improvisational style music or free music as you had mentioned aaron versus kind of the traditional we read off the written music like what is it about this type of music that gets your juices flowing over the other let's start with chris Okay, well, there's kind of there's kind of a lot there, um, so I'll take it step by step here. <laughs> I guess my first interest in this kind of music was through listening to jazz. There's a long history in the world of jazz with kind of more free improvisation using kind of like jazz bands. Uh, really got started in like the late 50s and 60s, and I was just exposed to that stuff. Uh, kind of right when I started playing drums, because there was a drummer I really liked, 
that was really into all that stuff that lived in the city near me. So just, you know, being obsessed with him as a, you know, creepy, weird high school guy. I uh, just wanted to check out more of his stuff and eventually, like, it really turned me on to some interesting stuff in that world. And then just the more you check out, like, in once you start with the jazz world, it really expands into all kinds of different music can be kind of interpreted in this way with, like, limitless ensembles. Like, there's recordings of free music of, you know, basically like an orchestra-sized thing, or maybe there's duos or just solo players, and there's a really huge world of it out there that, you know, I'm still checking out and have been checking out for a long time. So this is a good way to just try to understand that more by figuring out what people are doing and just trying to play it with with other people. That's that part of it. Oh, what's what's so fun about it? I mean, I love composing music and playing written music. I, I went to school for classical music, so I played a lot of stuff in orchestras and jazz band and stuff like that, and that stuff is great um, because, you know, you really take your time to polish and develop an idea when you're writing music, and that's a skill that, you know, a lot of people that play music have, and it's a great skill to develop. But this, you don't really have to worry about anything. I trust playing with these guys, so pretty much whatever I do, they're going to make it, you know, sound good or at least sound better. Uh, like Squeaky Pigs, for example. wouldn't bring Squeaky Pigs to most of my other gigs, uh, but with these guys, they can they can kind of adapt to that sound and make it, make it kind of their own. So that's cool. It's like, yeah, an ongoing conversation and just kind of feeding off each other's ideas, which is great. I want to mention one thing before we pass the mic. You had... I talked a little bit about checking stuff out online or like watching YouTube videos. I don't know if you said YouTube videos specifically, but I, I do remember that's something that you talked about as far as how you discovered Gamelan was you were watching YouTube videos on percussion. And I think you had said something along the lines of eventually if you watch you enough YouTube per videos on per percussion, it leads you to Gamelan. And uh, I think that's very interesting in today's age. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of content online. Anything that you want, you can find online. And when it comes to music, you can go down a path that will lead you to discovering new music. And I think that's really, really powerful. And it sounds like that was a lot of influence on your playing, Chris. Uh, let's move on the same thing on to Jake and why improvisational or free music versus the traditional sort of written style of music. Playing music should be fun. Um, I believe uh, in music as an expression and definitely a conversation between you and whoever you're you're playing it with. Um, I feel like a lot of my early conversations of, of playing music with people were, um, I kind of just dove into jazz school, didn't have a background and um, felt pretty scared and inadequate and it wasn't a lot of fun um, until a few years in, I feel like some of my first uh, fun I had playing music was with uh, Papa Ronald over here, Mr. Aaron. Um, and that, that was more in just kind of, you know, we'd be working on tunes or something and then start just jamming or, or, or playing and you'd get so locked in to what everyone else was doing. It was just kind of this symbiosis of thought where you wouldn't, you weren't quite sure what was going on or where everything was going, but you're so hyper aware of the, the feeling of playing together. You just kind of get swept away. Um, and that feeling is something that I, I continually chase in all of the music I play. Um, and, and free music is definitely one avenue that gets me there a lot of the time. It's kind of like, it's kind of like more baseball percentage than, than anything else. Like one third of the time I kind of get into that headspace of feeling really dialed in and, um, in a just, I don't know, just this symbiosis with who I'm playing with. 
uh, we all we've talked about all playing gamelan together and that's that's a feeling i feel um playing gamelan a lot it's an orchestra of 30 people all playing very orchestrated music but trying to get 30 people to kind of breathe together in uh, a way that's really structured but also really improvised in the way things flow it's different every time um, kind of puts me in that headspace so consistently that I love it. And same thing with, with free music kind of gets me there a lot. And that's the only reason I really play music is for that, that feeling of um, just kind of connection to people I like. <laughs> it's not you guys. <laughs> I, like that. I like that you said uh, at the beginning music makes me happy or I play music that makes me happy or you should play music that makes you happy. Yeah, totally. And Aaron, I noticed a lot of your improv improvisational. You had talked before about uh, that this kind of uh, weird noise music. I think you called it. Sometimes. Yeah. So talk about that, like the whole that whole deal for you. A weird. What is weird noise? Noise music to me is that. that oh, I don't know. It's it's like why do I play that and other stuff? It's I don't know. Part of what is fun about this music to me is that any any sound that you want to make is is acceptable and as long as you like own that sound and like deliver it with intent and like you know and put your put your pizzazz into whatever sound you're making it's like it's all fair game um, especially when we start to get in touch with some of these these sound altering devices like modular synthesizers or guitar pedals or anything like that um, it opens up a whole world of sound that isn't necessarily your traditional musical like notes and chords and harmony and melody. Um, you start to get into musical realms that are almost more analytical, like like density and like harshness versus mellowness, or these more textural things that I think are really interesting and inspiring in a way that traditional notated music doesn't often inherently beg of you it's like it's th a lot of this stuff is more based on intuition and feeling and how that might manifest itself as sound rather than playing a part that's already written and in an orchestrated way you know a lot of that's up to the moment which is really cool but i also am a super super nerd one of my favorite things to do is write music and and like make charts where people are playing pretty specific parts um, I do a lot of that too, and and there's a beauty to the each each extreme. You know, you can range from a lot of the times we'll play stuff where we we might know like a certain song, and we'll do a song, but we'll also then improvise based off of that song. You know, that's jazz, baby. But it's it's a way of of combining the two. Ultimately, I think like one of my favorite balances is when you combine composition and detailed structure with super free improvisation but at the same time it's like when you spend a lot of time organizing things and working on pretty detailed music one of the nicest things is to let go of all of that and just see what comes up for you and in a way that you're listening to your both both yourself and your own impulses and the people that are contributing to the conversation as well so it's like all of it all of it is important i think <laughs> Do you guys in the audience have anything you'd like to ask? Any questions from the audience about these guys, music, or, yeah. How did you guys all meet? I met Jake in uh, school at Metro State University when we both did some music study there. Uh, that was like 
six years, seven years ago. We've kind of been playing together in a variety of projects and unorganized sound making together since then. And then we also all three play in a Balinese gamelan group called Gamelan Tunas Makar. And it's uh, a large bronze percussion orchestra from the island of Bali in Indonesia. And this group has been around Denver in 30 years and like for 30 years and they, they go through members like crazy. And so sometimes it's really neat cause you just get some, some surprise weirdo that walks into the group and you're like, Oh, this dude's cool. <laughs> and <laughs> Chris, it's always fun, especially with like the free music stuff to meet someone who's like, Oh yeah, I'm into free music. You're like, Oh shit. Hell yeah. It's, it's great because not everyone's interested in like, opening up to a lot of crazy weird sound stuff. So the gamelan is a bit of a blessing because it inherently means that whoever's participating in that group is really into different sounds in the first place. So Chris joined that group like a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. And uh, we all soon started making strange noise together. Yeah, and that's how actually I met all three of you guys in the gamelan. Anybody else? Questions? Yes, sir. Um, just on concept of uh, improvising together, do you guys learn to work better together on the organized stuff? So the question is, do you learn to play together on the better, on the structured stuff by playing improvisational music together? Is that, is that right? Okay, yeah, who wants to take that? Well, I think it can kind of go both ways. I mean, a lot of the music that Aaron and I play together outside of this, uh, like we already mentioned, is Gamelan. And I pretty much, Aaron leads a lot of the tunes, so I pretty much have to, you know, instinctively learn to just follow him on what he's doing, like pay attention to all his phrasing and stuff. So I just kind of figure out sometimes what he's going to do. And playing improvised music together, like now that we've played for a while, it's more easy to kind of anticipate what kind of cues I can throw down to get a reaction out of him or what he's trying to do to get a reaction out of me. You know, same with, same with Jake. Can I add to that? Sure. <laughs> what is having sex? <laughs> am I supposed to talk about sex or am I supposed to talk about music? Want, I'll talk about music. Thank you. I'm blushing even just the word. Whoa. Let's get hot up here. Um, yeah, I, I feel like playing the, the structured music uh, definitely definitely helps just understand understand a person. Um, I think I've played more shows and in more ways with Aaron than I have any person, like most definitely, in a lot of different varieties. And something cool is there is I just feel like I know I know Aaron really well in a lot of things that he likes, both harmonically and rhythmically, and uh, similar to what, what Chris is saying, he cues a lot and leads the gamelan a lot, so I feel really in tune with his gestures and just his feelings as a musician. Um, so so it's fun to know him, know a person. And then kind of say, hey, let's try and kind of forget what we know and do something new together, but also kind of be like, hey, if I do, I do this, that might get something out of this guy. And maybe he'll, you know, say, say no to that, like it's fun and improvise music, but also kind of be able to like have that conversation of like, hey, we know these things about each other. So when we're on stage. It's not like complete a complete foreign conversation with a stranger. It's coming from like a long background of uh, sounds and conversations we've, we've had over the years. Um, and we've only played free together a handful of times with Chris and just feels that's also really fun throwing some a mixture into the group. I think Aaron's been there every time for, for me. So I've always had some anchorage in, um, in that love triangle, but 
this is still about music. I'm going to pass the microphone. <laughs> I want to add on to that, what Jake was just saying about Aaron. I've been studying playing a, a Kedjar piece in one of the gamelan pieces, which is basically the timekeeping piece. And uh, with that, I sit next to Aaron, as, as Chris was talking about, we sit next to Aaron for, for when he leads these pieces, and he is really good at giving you cues with his playing, with his indicating, with his body. And uh, I attribute that to being a really good musician who's practiced and played with a lot, a lot of people. And I thank you, Aaron, for that. And yeah. <laughs> uh, any other questions for the group? We're going to play a little bit more. Before we do, where are you going, Jakey? He's got to set up. So to come back here. I, I, have, I have a couple more questions. What's that? You have a question? Okay. I have a couple more questions that I want to hear. We'll hear you guys play some more. First of all, one thing that I like to ask all of the artists that I talk to is, why should we care about art? I don't know. There are a lot of reasons. <laughs> it's hard to like figure. That's a huge question, Jim. That's like why. I asked these guys if they wanted some sort of like, like here's some of the questions I may ask during the interview. And Aaron said, no, let's improvise because that's what we do. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I like art. I think art is cool because I consider it like a basic human language. That's what art feels like to me in terms of its significance in my life and that and the way that I use it with others. Um, there are other languages. There are verbal languages. There is the language of love. There are, you know, the language of how you are with yourself. And music has always felt like a really amazing way to talk to people and describe things to people and also listen to people's stories about stuff that in no other way would be tangible and in no other way would be possible to express. <laughs> um, it's, there's, it's snapping out here. So I don't know. I just think of it as like a necessary part of the spectrum, especially for me. I, I don't know. I had the fortune of getting into musical expression at a pretty young age and it's always been really important to me. I do like, I love visual art, but I also think that that's a whole different part of the spectrum and they, they all, it all complements each other in a bigger way. Yeah. Chris, why should we care about art? Oh boy. Well, I'll, uh, I'll keep it short. It's a, a really good way to understand what is going on. That's Russ right there. That's great. Hi, Russ. Really good way to understand what's going on in the in the present day and the past. Um, like for me, one of the one of my big obsessions is listening to um, classical music, which has been around for a long time. And you can hear a lot of interesting things going on and understand, or at least attempt to understand, the world of the past a little bit better through listening to some of that stuff. So I think that's pretty cool. And like what Aaron said, you know, it's pretty much been around since before we could write words. So that means it's probably pretty important. So yeah, we should we should keep checking it out. Jake, why do you care about art? Do I? <laughs> do I? I do care about art. Uh, I care about art because it is a fundamental way of people expressing themselves that they have complete ownership of. I think that's really amazing in a time where it's hard to have ownership of a lot of the ways you spend your time. You gotta have a job got to pay off those loans whatever it is um art is a way if you want it to be to express yourself that no one else can dictate 
Um, if you don't want them to, it can be whatever you want. You can bring pigs on stage. We could have brought nothing but pigs today and just like stepped on them. And it would have been art. And if we were into it and it's how we wanted to express our um, part of our artistic conversation we're having with you, that would be magnificent. And um, I think that's that's really amazing. And something that I hold dear is that I'm always 100% invested into what I'm doing because it's what I want to be doing. And that feels really good. So art is neat. Art is neat. Art is neat. <laughs> And then uh, I think the last question I want to ask you guys is what advice would you give to a young person who's starting out in the artist who wants to play music as their thing and wants to make a career living out of music? I know it's one of those things being an artist is can be super tough and it's going to be a challenge to express your art in a way that other people will appreciate and other people will actually pay for, I guess, or, or help sustain your lifestyle. But what's one piece of advice you would give to someone who's starting out as an artist? Let's start with uh, Chris. I wish someone would tell that to me because uh, I actually have no idea. Um, I don't know. I think it's, you know, in the in what I know, which is, you know, a little bit because I've just been checking out music for a long time. I think it's important to just try to check out as wide a range of things as you can, especially for music for me. I like listening to, I don't know, just trash rap you know one moment and then like some great avant-garde jazz the next and you know a symphony after that and they all bring me different kinds of joy so i don't know just try to diversify and check on as much stuff as you can have an open mind i think it's the way to go i would um this is jake for the podcast listeners out there (laughs) i would say definitely what chris said um in a lot of ways check out as many um as much as you can, um, we're still talking about music, and um, there's just so many ways to enjoy music, both listening and performing, that to kind of box yourself in early is um, kind of doing yourself a disservice. There's just a lot of ways to enjoy and connect with people through music. Yeah, and uh, like another a continuation of that idea would be not only listen to as much as you can or or keep your ears open but to spend a lot of time playing with different people i think is really important and has always been super super humbling and super also encouraging um inspiring for me because you can like spend a lot of time working on something and kind of think you're hot shit about it and then go play music with someone who plays a bit of a different style than you and is really good at what they do and it can be like ground it can be ground shaking it can be kind of like oh shit I don't even really know how to speak this language. So one of my favorite things has been meeting a lot of people that play different different types of music and come from completely different backgrounds. And um, I I don't even I don't feel like I spend enough time playing with different people. That's been something I've been thinking about a lot this week, especially as this gig has been coming up and um, some other things that it's just kind of been on my mind. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's to like play with somebody who has a language that's different than you. It comes from a different background from you. Um, you have to adapt your own basis of understanding of the language of music in order to incorporate like a new space with a different person, which is really cool. Yeah. On that note, thank you, Aaron. Uh, I had, I had that similar experience with the Gamelon group in that I, I grew up a jazz rock drummer, I guess really a rock drummer, 
with some jazz and improvisational built in there. And the last thing I played really kind of professionally was a gospel blues band. And uh, I came to Gamelon knowing that I didn't know how to play Gamelon, but that was super humbling and still very humbling sometimes. And, and, and that was my experience of playing with different people who are some people that are really masters at it and just people who come from different backgrounds has taught me so much more about music just being a part of that group. So I'm honored to that. So uh, does anybody have any other questions from the audience before we wrap up? Yes. Is this the first time La Secret has been play, is playing together as a collective? Under the name Le Secret, yes. But really, no. Uh, we've played together a bunch of times under the names, the Chris Hewitt Band, Moon Atomizer. That's pretty much, that's pretty. Witches and Science. It really, it really depends. I personally like to have a rotating list of band names to keep everyone on their toes. That when you start to like build a community of musicians that you like to play with, it can become really incestuous and everyone plays with everybody and it's just, a, it's a real giant cuddle fest. <laughs> cuddle fest, yeah. Any other questions? That was good, thank you. Favorite color? I'm on a purple kick right now. <laughs> They're all good. Like that deep dark purple. <laughs> that deep dark purple. Deep purple. <laughs> all right. Well, I really appreciate uh, all of you guys coming out to see this, and I appreciate Les Secret. We have Aaron Burst Dabowski on guitar, Chris Hewitt on percussion, and Jake the Snake Weary on, uh, on the snakes, synthesizer and keyboard. All right. We're going to jam out on some more music uh, and uh, enjoy. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, thanks, guys. Big shout out to the Mercury Cafe in Denver, Colorado. Thank you for hosting us and providing a space to play music and do this interview. Do check them out whenever you come to Denver or online at mercurycafe.com. The music for this episode was, of course, less secret. Podcast listeners can grab this special download of the session at Mercury Cafe. Just head on over to Crave Magazine and click on the Less Secret podcast to find your download. Shh, it's less secret. Thank you for listening to the Crave Magazine podcast. I am Jim Wills, your host and producer for this episode, and I am on a mission to bring art back to the world. And with your help, we can make that happen. So please take a moment to leave a positive review for us on iTunes. And if you like what you heard, even more importantly, tell your friends. If there's something that we can do better, by all means, let us know. And if you are an artist or even just want to hear from a favorite artist, well, send us a message. We are putting this show out for all of us who love and appreciate the arts, so tell us how we can improve. Remember, always be good to one another, and of course, take time to feed your soul with art.